Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Well, listen, let's get into our series this morning. We're going to end this series this morning. We've been talking about over the last month of December or November. We've been in, it's called in all things. And we've been talking about being content and being able to praise God and no matter what our circumstance or situation is. And church, that's the idea here. You know, no matter what we're going through, how many know God is always worthy of the praise? God's always worthy of worship. God's always worthy to be lifted up no matter what we're facing, what we're going through. And how many know we've been blessed as a people? How many have been blessed this morning? You have, you've seen God's blessings in your life. God has blessed us in so many ways. And in church, we need to always remember how God's blessings in our life. We should never forget God's blessings. We need to set up sometimes spiritual memorials, just like Israel did in their, in their times when God did mighty things for them. They would set up memorials to remember what God had done for them. But they set up those memorials for a reason. Those memorials were set up that they could also share with their children what those memorials meant, that they would never be lost, that their kids would grow up and know the marvelous works that God has done. And church, sometimes in our life, we need to set up memorials in our life that we can look back on and we say, yes, I remember when God did this in my life. I remember when God did certain things in my life. And you'll be able to share that with your children, just as the Lord told Joshua to set up memorials in their life. Matter of fact, in Joshua chapter four, verses six and seven, look what he says here. He says, he says, we, w- we will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They, they remind us of that, that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones were, were, will stand as a memorial among the people for, of Israel forever. And church, just as they set up stones in their life, how many has got some memorials in your life? You look back and you can say, I remember when God did something in my life here. I remember when God touched my family here. Or I remember when God changed the life of my child. Or I remember God had an, I had an encounter with God. And you remember that time that God has blessed you. And church, we never, we never should ever fall short of giving God the praise and the glory and the honor that he is due. Amen? Sometimes in my, in my life, when I'm going through a difficult time in my life, I can look back and say, I remember God did this in my life. I remember God did this in my life. Instead of getting down and and getting all upset about things, I can begin to turn my attitude and begin to worship and begin to praise God in the midst of the hard time. And how many know that's a good thing to be able to do? Amen, church? Amen, church? That's a good thing that we can do. And so we're going to look at a a portion of Scripture in Psalms 103 this morning. Many of you may be very familiar with it, but it's some things that we need to remember. And one of the things we need to do is we need to resolve to to bless His name no matter what we're going through. Amen? Look what David said. David wrote this in Psalms 103, verses 1 and 2. Look what he says. Actually, uh, uh, verses 2 through 5. He says this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise Him. With my whole heart, I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things, the good things He has done for me. Look at David. David expresses this in such a way he doesn't want to just give God half-hearted praise. David says, "Let everything that I am, let everything that I am within me, let all that I am." No, he says, "I want to give all the glory. I want to give God my best praise. I want to praise Him no matter what I'm going through." And this is why David learned how to praise God in difficult times, not just in the good times. And how many of the church, we need to learn how to do that also. Amen. And he says, look at this. He, look at the words that he used. Let all that I am praise the Lord. 
Let all that, with my whole heart, not half-hearted, but with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. And let me never forget the good things that he has done for me. Church, we need to resolve that we're going to bless the Lord and praise the Lord no matter what we're going through. We need to become people of praise. Amen? People of praise. Not people of grumbling, not people of complaining, but people of praise. That when we're, no matter what you're going through, and your coworkers can see you, and they, you're going through one of the most difficult times in your life, and instead of grumbling and complaining, they hear you praising, they hear you worshiping. You know how many know that makes a difference in people's lives? Amen? See, the word, our key verse was in, in all things, in everything, let us praise him. Amen? That's the will of God concerning us, that we praise him no matter what we're going through. So we need to resolve to be people that's going to bless God and give him all the praise. And he says, he says, may I never forget the good things God has done for me. And David begins to talk, talk about the benefits. And we need to remember what God has done for us and remember the benefits that he's done. Look at verses 3 uh, through 5. He says, he forgives all my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my, me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the evil eagles. Look at this, church. Let us never forget the benefits. He forgives all my sin. All of my sin, not just some of them. The word of God said he forgives all of my sin, past, present, and future. They are forgiven this morning. If you're a child of God this morning, all your sins, not just some of them, but every one of them have been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And you no longer are considered a sinner, but you are considered a child of God. Amen? And all your sins have been forgiven. And that's something that we can rejoice in. That's the benefit, one of the benefits we have in God. He says he heals all of our diseases. I know that God is a healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah heals. And I don't understand a lot of times why everybody's not healed. But you know what? I, that doesn't change him from being a healer, amen, this morning. He is a healer that I worship and I praise him. And he's healed my body. He's touched me in times past. And I'm going to praise him no matter what I'm going through. Even in this, when I'm sick, I'm still going to praise him because I know he's the healer. Amen. He's my healer. But look at this. Not only that, he's not just my healer. He's the redeems me from death. Every one of us sitting in this room at one time, we were headed for destruction. We were headed for death. But how many know that because of Jesus Christ, our destination, death, no longer has victory over us. The last enemy to be defeated is death. For the child of God, the good thing is, when you, when you breathe your last breath on her, here, this earth, you are ushered into the presence of God. You are more alive at that point in time than you've ever been in your life because you're no longer ha hampered by the, by the physical. You're no longer held back by the, this old body. But but you are now alive in Christ and you live eternally with him forever and ever. I'm no longer, I'm no longer afraid of death. I was talking with somebody this, this past week and they were concerned and they said, I'm concerned about death. I'm, and I, and I talked to them. They, they're, they're a born again believer. And I just began to share with them what the word of God says about the last enemy to be defeated was death. The last enemy, when, when you, when you breathe your last, the enemy thinks he's won, but no, that's, he's defeated. Amen. Just as he was at, when Christ, when he thought Christ, he beat him by the sending him to the tomb. On the third day, he rose again, and the enemy was defeated. Amen. Death, hell, and the grave has no power over the child of God. Uh, okay. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Death, hell, and the grave has no power over the child of God. No power over the child of God. 
You, you, you don't have to worry about that in the end if you know who Jesus Christ is and you've received him. So he's redeemed us from death. He's filled my life with good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, the Word of God says. My life has been filled with good things. I can look back over my life and I, can, I, can just, I can't count all the blessings of God, how he's provided for, how he's taken care of, how he's comforted, how he's helped me through difficult times, how he's provided when I didn't have the means to, be, to meet the needs and somehow miraculously God took care of it. When my wife at one time, when we were pastoring the church in Lutz and we didn't have money to even spend to buy ice cream and she had a desire, and I've shared this story with you, she had a desire and she said, boy, I would love to have some chocolate chip ice cream, but she wouldn't buy it because we didn't really have the money to buy it. And all of a sudden, that afternoon, a lady came by and says, from the church, and said, listen, I was at the grocery store, and they had this on sale. And you know what? She pulled out and gave my wife a, a, a gallon of chocolate chip ice cream. God provides for just even the little things. Amen? I mean, he's, he's given me good things in my life. And he, you, everybody in this room, if you have been in a relationship with God, you can look back on your life and you see the good things. And you know what? You need to remember those things. You need, to, you need to put a memorial in your life that you can praise God and worship God and thank him for it. Amen? Amen, church? But he's given good things. He renews me. Man, you know, I realize in my spirit, man, I'm being renewed every day. The Word of God says that. In my physical man, I'm, I'm aging. I'm getting older. If you don't think you're aging, getting older, look in the mirror. Look at a picture that you had fit even 10 years ago that you looked at and look at it now. I mean, you, you can see that age is taking place. But you know what? On the inside, I'm being renewed. Every day, I'm becoming more and more like Christ. He's changing me. And thank God for that. But look at that. And not only that, He crowns my head with loving kindness and tender mercies. Man, He crowns me with that. He loves me. If I can look at anything, God loves me. And he is a merciful God to me. How many of you have experienced his mercy? You've, how many know his mercies are new every morning? I mean, they're brand new. They're brand new. There's not something that, that has been used before. He said, when he says his mercies are new every morning, you look at that word new, it means something brand new that never existed before. He gives us new mercies every day. And he covers our heads and crowns us with loving, love and tender mercies. And church, we need to remember the benefits of God. Amen? The benefits of God. So we need to resolve to praise him. We need to remember his benefits. But but as the psalmist goes on, he begins to show us even some deeper things here he, that we need to understand. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of mercy. Look at verse 10 in Psalms 103. He makes this statement. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Look at this. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. Man, does that picture mercy or not? Does that picture the mercy of God? He does not treat you or punish you as your sin, for all of your sins. I mean, he, for everything that we do wrong, he doesn't punish us for all. His grace is great. His mercy is great. It doesn't give us a license. It, it should get, desire us to want to go, draw closer to him. Because his love for us, his mercy, church, his mercy, look at this. He does, not, he does not punish as your sins deserve. He does not deal with us harshly as we deserve to be hard, dealt with. But he says, for his unfailing love, his, for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is greater than the heights of the heavens above the earth. Think about how far the heavens go out above the earth. How many of there's no limit? There's no limit. And that's God's love. That's God's mercy for you and me. 
Church, and we need to, these are things we need to remember. These are things we need to recall when we're going through things in our life and we're struggling with things. God does not treat us as we deserve to be treated. How I many know we deserve to be treated as outcasts? But he doesn't treat us that way because of G- what Jesus Christ has done for us. But not only that, church, he's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy, but he's also a God of grace. Look at this. Verse verse 12 and 13, he says this. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate. Let's just stop there before we go into the next, uh, the remainder 13 and 14. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Can you measure the east from the west? Can you measure the east from the west? No, you can't. So how far has he removed your sins from you? He says he's removed to the point where he's never going to bring them up again. Even though you might bring them up, even though you might condemn yourself, Jesus, God says, I've removed them. And that they, there's no measure that you can't reach them. They're, they're removed as far as the east is from the west. Does that talk of his grace or not? That's the grace of God. That's his grace. But look at this. He says, the father is like, he says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate. And then he says, to those who fear him, to those who fear him, listen to this church, that word fear does not mean of being afraid of God. It's a reverence, it's an awe of a respect of God. He says, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we're only dust. He knows that we're not supernatural. He knows in your natural self who you are. He knows that every shortcoming, every failure, everything that you've had in your life, but he still loves you. He still cares for you. He still desires relationship with you. Man, if that's not a picture of grace, I don't know what is because I don't deserve that and neither do you. But God loves us that much. He cares that much for us. Amen? But see, church, as we think about these, we need to remember these things. You need to recall them to your heart. When you're going through a battle and you're going through a struggle, I mean, I've, I don't know how many times in my life I've gone back and read Psalms 103 over my life and over my family. Just to remember all that God has done for It tells me that I need to remember that. But church, here's, the, here's some good news also this morning. That when we look at this, not only about resolving to bless him, not, not forgetting his benefits, understanding that he's a merciful God, he's a gracious God, But I want to tell you something. His benefits will be extended if you can remain faithful to him. His benefits will be extended. Look at this. Look with me in verse 17 and 18. He says, but the love of the Lord remains forever on those who fear him. Once again, that's a reverence and awe of him. His salvation extends to the children's children. To the children's children of those who are faithful to to his covenant and those who obey his commandments. God says, if you will be faithful, if you'll honor him and respect him and you'll be faithful to him and you'll obey him. He says, these benefits that are yours will be extended not just to your children, but to your children's children. Amen. How many want your, how many want the benefits that you experienced extended to your children? How many want them extended to your children's children? 
You, you want, see, in church, that's our responsibility to pass it along, to build these memorials, to be reminded of what God's promises said to us. He said, if I remain faithful, if I walk within his covenant and I'm obedient to him, this promise of salvation will be extended to my family and to my children and to my children's children. And church, I want to tell you something today. I'm seeing that in my family today because I see my, my daughter and my son serving God and living for God. And now I'm seeing their kids loving God and serving God. And that's, that's the blessings of God on our lives. And we need to celebrate those moments. Amen? Are you with me this morning, church? See, this is the blessings of God that he says will be extended to our family. And church, we need to remember and be reminded of these things for ourselves and for our families. But not only that, church, we need... I know this is a family service. We don't have older children's church going on this morning. But you know, church, we need to teach these things to our children. We need to teach them to our children. We need to teach them to our grandkids. You know, when my grandkids are over at my house and spend the night, man, I take every moment I can with, to talk to them about the Lord at night when, before they go to bed, to share Christ with them and, and talk, let them ask me questions about they, anything they want to ask me about Christ or about the Bible or anything. I want them to know and pass it along. But church, we need to teach these to our children. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Listen, let's go, go over with me to Psalm 78. It'll be up on the board, but in Psalm 78... I want you to look at what the scripture says. We're going to start reading with verse 1. Listen to what the psalm, I, I just is a, a beautiful portion of scripture. He says, Oh, my people, listen to my instruction. Open your ears to what I'm saying. For I will speak to you in parables and I will teach you hidden lessons of our past. This is talking about things, looking back at what God has done for Israel. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. Now look at verse 4. We will, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and about his mighty wonders. For he issued the law, his law to Jacob and gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded his, our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they will turn and teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commandments. Church, he says, then he says in verse 3, verse uh, 78, uh, 8, he says this. He says, then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. He says, our responsibility is to remind and teach what God has done for us and remind the kids, our children, of the miracles that God has done in our lives. That, they can, that we, it can be passed on to them and then they can pass it on to their, grand, their next generation that they would serve God and walk with God. Church, that's our responsibility. And if we're, if we're so caught up in grumbling and complaining and not living and not enjoying the life that God has given us and all that God has done for us, and we're not passing on, the next generation could totally miss out. It could be our responsibility. That's supposed to be 78.8, by the way, not three up there, okay? Okay, just so you know. It says, but he says, so the, look back at verse 7. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles, and obeying his commandments. Church, 
We need, from the very beginning, I said, we need to, to build memorials in our life. We need to build memorials in our life. That we, instead of, when we're going through tough times, we, we can recall what God has done. See, building memorials in our life, I'm not talking about just setting up rocks. I'm talking about setting up spiritual memorials that you can recall. And you can, you can set, and you can say to your grandkids, or you can say to your kids, this is where God did a great work in our family. This is where God did something extraordinary. I want to, I want to, let me tell you about what God's done. Let me share with you how God provided. Let me share how God healed. Let me share with you what, how God did a miraculous thing. Let me share with you how when I was lost and did not, have a, did not have Christ in my life, how all of a sudden one night he broke through in my life and on a Sunday night service and rescued me from my sin and kept me from getting involved in drugs and alcohol and kept me safe during that time. Let me, let me share that with you. Do you, have, do you have some memorials in your life? I pray that you do. And, and I pray that you would share them with your family. Going back to Joshua chapter 4, verses 21, he says this, Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask, What do these stones mean? What do these mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Verse 23, for the Lord your God dried up the, ri the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until we were all across, just as he, as he did the Red Sea when it dried up until we had all crossed over. See, Israel built memorials of what God had done for them. They built memorials. How many of them, they, they never built memorials for what God didn't do for them? Nobody builds memorials for what God didn't do for them. They built memorials for what God did for them. What has God done for you? What has God done for your family? How has God provided for you and your family? How has God worked miracles for you? Now the next question is, how are you sharing those with your family? How are you, how are you sharing those with your, with your, with your kids? with your grandkids? How are you sharing those memorials with, with people that you have influence over and with? Are you sharing those moments? Are you teaching the, your children, this, show, look at me, let, let me show you the miracles that God has done. See, church, there's a tragedy that takes place when the first generation does not pass it on to the second generation. Because if we don't take the responsibility to pass it on to the next generation, how many know the next generation can grow up godless and without God? Church, I believe that we're seeing a lot of that happen in America today. With a lot of the younger generation. Because the church hasn't passed it on the way we should have been passing it on. We've let other people take that responsibility for us. And, and the, the people that's taking some of the responsibility are not godly people. And we're seeing a generation raise up that's it's, it's tragic. They don't even want anything to do with God. You know, we, we claim to be a, a nation of, we call America a Christian nation. But you know what? We're really living in a post-Christian nation right now. We really are. It's not the same country that many of us grew up in. I don't know if you look around, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? 
But you know what? We can't blame the world. We have to, we have to look at ourselves. Have we done our jobs? And have we done it well? See, there was a time in Israel's time, there was Joshua, who was a great leader, and there was elders that served with Joshua. But there came a time that after Joshua died and some of the elders passed on, there's a tragic time in Israel's history. Matter of fact, Judges records it because it says after the generation of the elders and Joshua had passed. Look at what Joshua chapter 2, verse, or Judges chapter 2, verse 10 says. After that generation, speaking of Joshua and the elders, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the image of Baal. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods and worshipped the gods of the people around them. And they angered the Lord. How, how many feel, find that very tragic? Church, I, if we don't do something to build some memorials in our life and stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and honor Him and obey Him and pass this on to our, our kids and to our grandkids, there could be another generation raised up that has no fear of God whatsoever. That don't want anything to do with church, don't want anything to do with the word, the Christianity, wants nothing to do with this whatsoever. And they're running after the gods of this world. It's happening already. But I want to tell you, I don't believe it's too late to make a change. With God, there's hope, amen? We can make a difference. You can make a difference in your home. You can make a difference in your children. You can make a difference in your grandkids. But we have to make a decision. As we think about this this morning, I want to encourage you to have some spiritual memorials in your life. Some spiritual memorials in your life that your children could say, Mom or Dad, what is that about? What is all that about? I hear you talk about, tell me, tell me what that means. What did God do in your life? How did God change things? What was the miraculous thing God did? You're always talking about, tell, tell, me, about, tell me about it. Let me just ask you, when was the last time you sat with your kids and just told them about the good things that God has done for you and your family? When was the last time you sat down with your children and said, I want to just share with you how God changed your mom and I's life. I want to, I want to share with you how when we, when we walked in obedience to God and how God provided supernaturally. I know it's, it's really quiet in here right now. But, but church, God's been good to us. He's been good to us, not just that we can sit back and say, oh, look, God's been good to us. He's been good to us that we could share it with the next generation that we can tell our kids and our grandkids how God's impacted our life. Amen?